0: I will be forever the member. You're the king of kings. Though. Ah!
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's always a pecking order. Little peckers never mess with the big peckle. So I'm a rooster, and he's a chicken. For me. This episode of the Bodybuilding Legends podcast is brought to you by our Patreon donors. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon donor yourself for the Bodybuilding Legends podcast. Go to bodybuildinglegendshow.com, and in the upper right-hand corner, you will see the link to becoming a Patreon donor. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Bodybuilding Legends podcast, where we talk to the legends of bodybuilding, and we also talk about the history of bodybuilding. I'm your host, John Hanson. And on today's episode, we are talking to one of the legends of bodybuilding. His name is Gabe Boudreau. And Gabe, if you are an old-time fan of bodybuilding back to the 1960s, you'll remember the name and you'll remember the physique of Gabe Boudreau. Gabe had a really, really great symmetrical muscular physique. He won his class at the 1966 IFBB Mr. Universe. He won the short class, and that was the year that Dave Draper won the overall. But Gabe is also a Mr. Western America winner. He won the 1965 Mr. International that was held out in Tijuana, Mexico by Eddie Sylvester. And Gabe had kind of a short career. He also beat Chris Dickerson in Chris's very first contest. And you've heard our interviews with Chris and with Boyer Co. They both mentioned Gabe Boudreau as a former competitor, and he really made an impact. He trained with Larry Scott at Vince's gym, so he's going to talk a little bit about that. So Gabe is now 80 years old, and he has been out of the competitive bodybuilding scene since 1966, but he is now training again, and he is, believe it or not, planning to compete as a master's competitor. So we had a really, really great interview with Gabe Boudreaux. I was really happy to talk to a guy from that era in bodybuilding way back in the 1960s. So thank you to Stephen Spreyer, who I know from Facebook. Stephen set me up with that interview, so I was really, really happy to talk to Gabe. So that will be coming up in a minute. We had some bad news in the bodybuilding world this last week. Mike Quinn, the great bodybuilder from the 1980s. Mike was the 1987 NPC USA winner. Mike passed away this last week at the age of 61. His sister Kelly posted on her Facebook page that Mike died after a long illness, so I'm not sure what was wrong with him. I had a chance to interview Mike a couple times on my podcast, on this podcast, Way back, like probably 10 years ago, and I haven't talked to Mike in probably at least six or seven years. He's been off of social media, so I don't know what's been going on with him. I know he was having some problems last time I talked to him. He was having some back problems. He was having some financial problems. And those of us that knew Mike or knew about his career knew that he did have a long history of substance abuse problems. So perhaps that had something to do with it. I'm sure we'll find out eventually why Mike passed, but... Yeah, he was only 61 years old. He would have been 62 this November. So really sorry to hear that. Mike was always a big idol of mine. He was always a big inspiration to me back in the 1980s when I was competing in my 20s because I had kind of a similar physique as Mike. We had both had big arms and a big back and the legs were a little bit behind the upper body. So I would always look at Mike's videos from his contest. And try to copy them to do certain poses that he did because I looked good in the same poses that he looked good in because we had similar body parts and a similar structure. Mike was a great poser. Speaking of posing, he always posed to really high energy songs, um, like from the Gap Band or Guns and Roses was one of his most famous posing routines from the 1989 Mister Olympia. So every time Mike performed at a contest, you always got a really high energy, great posing routine, and he was a really good poser. He would coordinate his poses to the music, and really get the audience going. A very exciting competitor. Mike was very outspoken in the magazines. He would always tell the truth about everything. He was just open about everything. He didn't hold anything back. So, of course, the magazines absolutely loved interviewing Mike. And he was on a lot of covers back in his time. He never won a pro show, but he did win the 1987 MPC USA, as I mentioned. That's what got him his pro card. But before that, Mike was a great bodybuilder going back to like when he was 18 years old and he first started competing. He was a phenomenon. I remember seeing pictures of him when I was a teenager looking at pictures of Mike and like, oh my God, this guy's a teenager. So when he won the Teenage Mr. America title in 1981, which was like two years after Lee Haney won it, everybody was talking about Mike Quinn because this guy had a physique that looked like a man. Huge arms, huge back, just a great upper body, even good legs. He had everything. And then he actually went into the Mr. America that year, which was held in Las Vegas. That was the year that Tim Belknap won. And Mike took 10th in the heavyweight class at 19 years old. So that just goes to show you the genetics he had and how great his physique was. He was very thick, very big, really, really incredible physique. I mean, every time he competed, he was always one of the top competitors. He was very, very impressive. And then Mike went on to the AAU and he competed in their Mr. America contest in 1984. And he only got third place in his class, which I thought was a ripoff. Abe Cuesta was second. And Joe Miko was in first. And Joe ended up winning the whole title of Mr. America. He won the overall. But then like a week or two later, all three of those competitors went over to the NABA Universe in London. And Mike won this time. So Mike got first. Joe Miko got second. And Abe Cuesta got third. So now Mike was a NABA Mr. Universe winner. And I think he thought he could just go and get his pro card after winning that contest. But the NPC made him start all over again. I think he had to win the Mr. Florida contest. Mike was originally from Massachusetts, but then his family moved to Florida. So he had to win Mr. Florida. And then he competed in the NPC Nationals in 1986, the year Gary Stridham won. And he took fourth place behind Gary Stridham, Matt Mendenhall, and Harry Dodich. And then the following summer is when he won the 1987 NPC USA, and I think he was living in California at the time. So, and he was in fantastic shape in that contest too. So, yeah, very, very inspirational bodybuilder for me at least, uh, Mike Quinn. And he uh, battled a lot of personal problems throughout his life. So, unfortunately, Mike has passed away at the age of 61. If you're on my YouTube channel, check out some of the videos I posted of Mike. I posted that. 1984 Mr. America contest that he was in. I posted the posing routine he did in that. And also the 1988 Pro World Championships, which was held in Columbus, kind of a precursor to the Arnold Classic that Arnold and Jim Lormer used to promote. And Mike was in that contest as well. And he got fourth place behind Mike Christian. Mike Christian won it that year. And uh, Brian Buchanan was second. And Robbie was third. So, And then that was the year that Mike did the Mr. Olympia. And that was his best ever shape where he competed at like 204 pounds, and he was absolutely shredded. And he ended up in sixth place when a lot of experts didn't even have him in the top 10 going into that contest. That was his first Olympia. And then the following year, he got seventh place. He dropped down one place at the Mr. Olympia, and that was the year, unfortunately, his sister died. He had a younger sister who died of a drug overdose that year, and Mike really took it bad. He went back on the drugs and uh, ended up in drug rehab for a month. And then he came back and trained really hard for that contest in a very short period of time, I think. And he got seventh place. So, yeah, Mike was a very, very exciting competitor and a great physique. So, we will miss him. He was a real character in the world of bodybuilding. And you don't see too many people like that anymore. So, rest in peace, Mike Quinn. I'm planning to do a tribute show for Mike. I was trying to get it together for this week. I'd like to have Rick Valente on the show because I know Rick was a good friend of Mike's when they lived in California. I think he trained with Mike, and I know Rick helped him with his posing routines, and Mike was famous for his posing routines. And I also want to get uh, Neil Spruce on. Neil was also a, a friend of Mike in California. He trained with Mike as well. I think he trained with Mike in 1990 when Mike was getting ready for the Mr. Olympia in Chicago that was drug tested. And Neil also was the guy who ran the nutrition analysis at Gold's Gym, so I think he was helping Mike with his diet as well, so... Try to get both those guys on. I also reached out to Jerry Scalisi because I know Jerry was good friends with Mike back in the early days. Back when they were teenagers, they used to train together. Jerry was from New York and Mike was from Brockton, Massachusetts, but the Boston area. So hopefully we can get Jerry on the show as well. But I'd like to get some guys on that have known Mike many years and trained with him. And I'd like to get their thoughts on Mike Quinn. I think he deserves a tribute show after all he did for the world of bodybuilding. We also had another passing, Dave DeYoung, who was the owner of Quad's Gym in Chicago. I've known Dave since I was a teenager. I didn't train at Quad's Gym. I trained at Hammer's Gym and then USA Gym. But Dave was very well known, and I always liked Dave. He was a really good guy. And him and his partner, Tom Milanovich, ran Quad's Gym since, I don't know, when they started, probably the 70s or maybe early 80s. I did an interview with Dave and Larry Bernstein last year. And we put that up, and I never put the video up. So I've been working on the video. I I should have it up by tomorrow at the latest. So it should be up earlier this week if you want to check out my YouTube channel. So I'm sorry I never got that video up before uh, Dave passed. Of course, another one, I think Dave was about 71 years old, but he didn't look 70. And I had no idea that he was sick. I think he was suffering with cancer. So they're going to have a memorial service for Dave this week out in Chicago. So... Rest in peace, Dave DeYoung. Great, great guy and uh, owner of one of the best gyms in the country, Quads Gym. And Dave went through a lot after his partner died, Tommy Milanovic, and he ran that gym by himself basically for all these years. And then they have a Quads Gym North, which is on the north side of Chicago and downtown. And that's been going for many, many years. So I don't know who's going to take over the ownership of those gyms, but uh, all the best to Dave's daughters and his family. Rest in peace, Dave DeYoung. All right, a little uh, happier news. Phil Williams' birthday was yesterday. So happy birthday to Phil Williams, the great bodybuilder from the 1980s, one of my good friends. Phil celebrated his 63rd birthday with his wife yesterday in California. So happy birthday to Phil. I was on a couple of podcasts this last week. Last weekend, I was on Dave Palumbo's show, Heavy Muscle Radio, which he usually does with Chris Aceto. And Chris was out of town. So me and Lee Priest were on with Dave, and we were covering. What contest was that? I think it was the New York Pro and maybe the California Pro. I'm not sure. There was a couple of pro contests that we covered. So we were talking about that. So I will put that in the in the description, the link for that, if you guys want to check that out. It's pretty pretty good interview, pretty funny. And I also did one with Vinny Galante, the great bodybuilder from the 1980s, 1990s. Vinny is still competing. He is a master's competitor now. He's a pro bodybuilder and he is getting ready for the Masters Olympia, which I believe will be in late August in uh, Romania. So he is training for that. So Vinny has his own podcast and he had me on and that was a good conversation. So I'll also put the link for that one as well below and you can check that out. All right. We do have a few emails, quite a few emails. So I wanted to read those because we haven't been on the show for a couple of weeks. This one is from one of our Patreon donors, Andrew Hefferman. So Andrew says, uh, hey, John, Andrew Heffernan here, one of your Patreon loyalists. Question for you. I'm doing an article on how to do a lat spread for barbend.com. And since the closest I've ever come to a bodybuilding stage is my bathroom mirror, I thought I might ask someone who actually knew a thing or two about the topic. Any chance you could answer a question or two on the subject for me? Basically, if you're coaching someone on how to do it, what do you tell them? I realize it's second nature to longtime muscle guys like you. But a newbie might not even be able to feel their way into the move. What do you tell them? Any ideas? And then he also says, and what does being able to spread the lats get you besides extra points on a bodybuilding stage? Is there a functional benefit to it besides impressing bodybuilding judges and maybe the odd fan? Let me know if you have any ideas. Happy to chat on the phone, too, if that works better for you. Thanks a lot, Andrew. Well, that's a very tough Pose to do. I've helped a lot of people with their posing, and it always came naturally to me for some reason, but a lot of people have a problem with doing a lat spread. The key to doing a lat spread, and this is the reason why it's so hard, is when you spread the lats from the front or the back, you have to kind of relax the muscle because if you tense the muscle, which you normally do when you do a pose, it will constrict it and it won't spread. So, in order to spread the lats, you've really got to relax the back. And a lot of people have a hard time with that. Also, people who are kind of narrow and have kind of narrow shoulders or narrow lats, they also have a hard time with it. There's even some pro bodybuilders like Nick Walker. That's his worst pose. He has a really hard time doing that lat spread. So, yeah, what I would suggest is, first of all, you put your hands right around your waist. And the way I do it is I put my thumb behind my waist, and the rest of my hand goes in front of my waist. And then I'll start off with the elbows pulled way back, and then as I pull the elbows forward and I pull the shoulders kind of back because you're kind of standing up when you do it. You want to make sure your, your chest is up when you're doing the pose. When you do that, you have to relax the back and then just spread it. And that's the way to do it. And then when you do the rear lap pose, it's a little different because you're not worried about standing up straight. You're not worried about putting your chest up in front. When you do the rear lap spread, of course, you're kind of pulling the shoulders forward and rounding the shoulders. But it's the same concept. You put the hands right around, right by your waist, and then you start off with the elbows far back. And as you spread the elbows forward, then you have to relax the back in order to spread those lats. So that is my answer to that question. As far as anything functional with it, no, there's nothing. I don't think there's any functional, anything functional about spreading your lats. I I think it's just a pose. So it just helps you on the bodybuilding stage, but it doesn't help as far as real life. (laughs) Although some people always spread their lats when they walk around. So even though some some bodybuilders have their arms way, way out because they're spreading their lats. So hope that helps you out, Andrew. I got another one here from another one of our Patreon donors, Jim Kerr. And Jim says, you mentioned the Hemingway short story, The Killers, when you were discussing Arnold's Wee interview. The Killers was made into a motion picture in 1946 with a star studded cast Burt Lancaster, Ava Gardner, and Edmund O'Brien. A remake was made in 1964 with Lee Marvin, Angie Dickinson, and Ronald Reagan. Wow. Some critics call this re- movie Reagan's best acting performance. Wow. Thanks for the information, Jim. That's awesome. I never knew that. I didn't know. I remember when Arnold was talking about that movie, The Killers, he mentioned it in a few interviews, I didn't know they ever made it into a movie, not once, but twice. This one says, hey, John, I love the podcast. I was wondering if you've ever done a show about the WBF. It seems to come up a lot on other podcasts about how it changed contracts for athletes. And I heard a podcast with Lex Luger where he discussed bodybuilding and why it failed. Hmm. I just thought it might be an interesting topic. I must admit, I have not listened to every single episode. And I apologize if it's already been a topic. Thanks again, BK. No, it has not been a topic. But that's interesting about Lex Luger where he talked about why it failed. That's interesting. But no, we've never done a, a show about it, but it would be an interesting topic. We'd have to get some good guests on, maybe some of the bodybuilders that were involved with it. But it really did change how contracts were done because Joe Weider used to give the least amount of money he could. And then when the WBF came and they were, they were giving some of their athletes like $200,000 a year, which this was in the early 1990s. In fact, Mike Quinn was one of the bodybuilders who was with the WBF for the two years it lasted. So when these guys were getting $200,000 a year and, and Weider had to raise the game and he had to give people more money for his contracts if he wanted people to stay with Weider. So it did change that for sure as far as bodybuilding contracts go. But yeah, it would be a good topic. So that's a good idea. says, hey, John, uh, thanks for sending over the newsletter. I liked how you break down the judging and contest results. I enjoyed the newsletter, and I signed up as a Patreon donor. I really appreciate your show. Could you send me the first two newsletters? Uh, I've been a collector and fan of the Iron Game for about 24 years now. I always have been more interested in the even earlier stuff, like 1950 and before, but I do like it all, and my interest in the golden era 70s has grown immensely in the past couple of years, largely due to your show. Have you ever heard of Jan Dellinger? Not to be confused with Jack Dellinger, the bodybuilder. Jan, I believe, is the last living person to work under Bob Hoffman at York, and I believe as an editor of Muscular Development, he worked in an office right besides John Grimmick for many years. He's a fountain of knowledge and history. For years, he shared his stories on IronHistory.com. Nowadays, he posts occasionally in Facebook groups. He gave me a tour of York about 15 years ago. It seems your main interests lean more towards the weeder camp as York was on the way outs with bodybuilding by the seventies, but I think he would make a terrific interview for your show. Zach Evan Ash did an interview with him a few years ago that can be found on YouTube. If you want to familiarize yourself with it, you can contact him through Facebook and mention my name, or I can be an intermediate. And if you'd like me to reach out, what do you think? Jarrett Hulse. All right, Jarrett. Well, first of all, thanks for signing up for the Newsletter and for being a Patreon of Bodybuilding Legends podcast. If anybody is a Patreon donor, you do get a newsletter that I send out every week or two. And this week I'm going to do a little tribute to Mike Flynn on it as well. And then I also feature some magazines from like 40, 50 years ago. And I put the pictures of that on the newsletter. Thank you, Jared, for signing up to be a Patreon donor. But yeah, those sound like a great idea. Jan Dellinger, I never heard of him. So I will reach out to him. And yeah, I would love to interview anybody from the early bodybuilding days. I mean, it doesn't have to be from Weider. I'd like to interview anybody that was involved with Dan Laurie or the York group or Bob Hoffman or anything. I'm totally, totally open. All right. We got one more here. This one's from Mike. He says, Hey, John, how are you? I was just checking in to say hi. I'm a big fan of the Bodybuilding legend show, and I really enjoy any opportunity to hear you as a guest on other podcasts and YouTube shows. I'm sure you're looking forward to the Arnold Netflix documentary. It would be good to hear a show from yourself and guests after that is aired, perhaps. I hope your diet and training are going well as you peak in the summer for your 60th. Thanks, John Mike. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, It comes out actually this week on June 7th, which is Wednesday. I saw the previews and uh, I think I mentioned this on the show before the producer of that documentary contacted me a few times over the last few years because he wanted some names of people I interviewed on my show to contact them like Roy calendar and a couple other guys that competed with Arnold, Mike Katz, I think was one of them. And so he wanted to contact these guys and talk to them about their experiences with Arnold for the documentary. So I'm looking forward to it. I saw the previews and it looks like there's some really good old footage of Arnold from the bodybuilding days that I never saw before. So I'm really looking forward to that. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. It's a three part documentary series. On Netflix, the first part is going to be about the bodybuilding life. The second part will be the movies, and the third part will be politics. So, should be good. I'm hoping it's really, really good. I know Arnold's in it himself. He's being interviewed a lot. Have you guys seen Fubar? His new series on Netflix got a lot of really bad reviews. It's pretty bad. You got to be honest. It's kind of like a True Lies plot where Arnold was in the CIA and now he's retiring, and now he finds out his his daughter is in the CIA and he never knew about it. So then they're working together. But uh, yeah, it was not not good. I watched like two episodes. Humor was pretty bad and the action was pretty bad and just <laughs> it was pretty lame. So hopefully the Netflix documentary would be a lot better. All right, guys, we are ready for our interview with Gabe Boudreau. And when we get done with our interview, I'm going to read an article about Mike Quinn. I was looking for an article about Gabe, but I could not find anything in the magazines that I had. So, I'm going back to the November 1987 issue of Iron Man. And this was when Mike just won the NPC USA and he was turning pro. And there's a really good article in here by Lonnie Teeper called Mike Quinn Emerges. There's a lot of good articles about Mike. So, maybe we'll get to share those on some of the other episodes coming up on the Bodybuilding Legends podcast. I think one of the things that my Patreon donors also get is I send out an audio and a video interview from the magazines. The video interview I put pictures; it's like an actual video, and then the audio version. Of course, it's just like what I do here on the show: is read an article. So maybe I'll read one of those for our Patreon donors as well. All right, without any further ado, here's our interview with Mister Gabriel Boudreau, short class winner at the 1966 IFBB Mister Universe. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the Bodybuilding Legends Podcast, and we have a very special guest with us today, Gabe Boudreau who was a former Mr. International, Mr. Universe winner. We're really proud to have Gabe on the show. How you doing, Gabe? I'm doing great, man. Good talking to you. Good talking to you. I've been reading about you, obviously, for years and years. It's great to connect with you, Gabe.
0: Oh, good, good. Yeah, you've done uh, quite a few podcasts on people I knew. and competing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we've talked about you before
1: in the past, for sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, Gabe, let's let's, uh, talk about your life. Let's talk about
1: how you got into bodybuilding. And maybe if you could just start at the very beginning, what year did you
0: become interested
1: in bodybuilding and what got you
0: into lifting weights? Well, I was uh, 17 and I decided to go into the Navy. And at that time, they had a buddy system where they would keep you and your buddy together through boot camp. And uh, I went and they accepted him and they rejected me. I was mm. flat, flat anemic, underweight, and colorblind, weighed 107 pounds. So 107 pounds, babies. wow. Yeah, yeah. So uh, – What I, year was that, Gabe? Oh, let me see. I was 17. Uh, I was born 42. It's uh 59, something
1: like that? So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So uh, I picked up a magazine. I think Steve Reeves was on the cover. Mm-hmm. And, uh, read through it and stuff and i thought well i've seen these guys how they're they were skinny and they lifted weights and ate right and put on weight and stuff so i didn't want to be rejected the rest of my life so i did that (laughs) and uh, about three months i I worked out of course my buddies would come and they'd laugh and they'd say yeah okay yeah and uh were you you working out at home at this time yeah i was working out in the garage and okay uh, yeah yeah Nothing fancy, you know, just a few things. Yeah. And I was actually laughed off the stage my first contest. Was, really? <laughs> uh, my buddies talked me into going to going the to contest after three months of working out. And I would tell them, man, these guys are, are huge. I see them in the magazines. They say, that's in California. You'll never be competing against guys like that. It's going to be guys like you, you know, my buddies. Yeah. So, man, I was laughed off the stage. I mean, I got there. So you, I you did like, a
1: show – at three months after you started
0: training. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, I, I didn't know any better. I was 17 years old, you know.
1: And this was yeah. in uh, Louisiana,
0: right? right yeah, it was in Louisiana. It was Mr. Audubon Park contest. Okay. And, uh, I got laughed off stage and booed and everything. Really? Oh, my God. <laughs> long shorts, hairy legs, no oil, didn't know how to pose. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I left in shame, you know. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I went home and. Worked out again, you know, for another six months, and I went to the New Orleans Athletic Club for a while and got a little bit of help there. Okay. Actually, went back and won that. And um, you went back to that same contest. Yeah. And, and you won it. it. Yeah. yeah. A year later. Yeah, a year later. Wow. Okay. Then uh, I went to South Coast and won that Mister Gulf Coast. Then wow. I went to Tampa, Tampa, Florida, for Junior Mister America. I placed fourth in that. What year was that? Know, let's see, probably 60, uh, 61, I believe. Yeah, 61. 61, okay. So when, when you
1: started training, did you notice that your body grew pretty quickly? Did you have good genetics?
0: Yeah, I did. I had a very small waist and uh, I mean, I yeah. was skinny. You know, working out and eating, it just seemed to work for me. I had a little bit of help here from a few bodybuilders that, you know, I had met. Who were those you know, guys? Not- were
1: there anybody, anybody
0: we would know? Uh well let's see uh the one was a Jerry Neff. Uh he won quite a few competitions. Um uh, okay. This is pretty much all local stuff. Yeah. What what part of Louisiana are you from, kid? I was born in New Orleans.
1: Oh, were you? Okay, great. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I live in Napoleonville now. It's about uh, 60 miles from New Orleans. Okay. Right on the bayou, right on the water, which I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, okay.
0: And I've been retired for a long time. So, um, you know, I go to the gym and, and do my thing, and I like hey, antique sweet. cars, I like motorcycles. Uh, yeah, I uh, want to talk to you about that, because you're still training, so that's that's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. In fact, I just train uh, five days a week, I'm training two guys, one guy's 83, and the other guy's 78, and 83-year-old, he's lost uh, 36 pounds in five months. Wow, that's so he's awesome. He's doing great, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah. so let me let me take you back to that you said you did the junior america um back then they had like different the junior america was held in like different geographic divisions i noticed when i was doing some research on that so mm-hmm. uh who was do you remember who the winner was or the one you
0: did i believe it was jerry daniels oh jerry daniels okay yeah yeah no i was you know i was i was glad i even placed in it you know it uh and you, you know, I, I left New Orleans. I'd never gone to any other uh, other areas. You know.
1: Yeah, and you did. Um, you got second place in that show. Uh, fourth. Oh, fourth. fourth okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Then I went up north, uh, Louisiana, Monroe. I won Mister Twin Cities. I actually won that one. Okay. Um, you know, Mister Gulf Coast, Mister South Coast, uh, just a few little uh, regular things. Mister CAA. Okay. Uh, uh, Mr. New Orleans. I came in second on that one. Who who won? Who won that one? Do you remember? Uh, Jerry Neff. Jerry Neff. Okay. All right. Were there a lot of shows back then, Gabe? Um. Yeah, there were. There were kind of quite a few. Mm-hmm. You know? um, um. I I didn't start out to to compete. You know, like I said, the first one, my buddies just talked me yeah. into it and all yeah. that stuff. But then after, you know, my body started uh, reacting to what I was doing. So then, then it became kind of a fun thing, you know, and, and I enjoyed yeah. uh, participating. And always, every contest I went in, even uh, Mr. Universe, you know, all my later stuff, I, I'd always say, I don't stand a chance, you know, these guys. <laughs> and be, yeah, yeah, I just never did. And people would say, man, you look great. You look great. Say, well, I don't think uh, I can beat so-and-so, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now,
1: when when you were reading the magazines back then, were you looking at, like, uh, I want to win Mr. America one day or I want to win Mr. Universe? Were you looking at that stuff?
0: No, I I never even uh, thought of that, you know. You never did? Okay. No, I was just happy doing the uh, little local, you know, shows and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, after you did that Junior America, what was the other – did you do any more national-level shows? What were the bigger shows you did after that?
0: No, that was it until until I moved to California. Oh, when did you move to California? Uh, let's see sixty uh sixty sixty-three, I believe. Sixty. Okay.
1: And why did you go out there? Was it for work or just for bodybuilding?
0: Well, a little bit of both. Uh I've always wanted to be an acting, you know, I've done a lot of acting. Oh, okay. And, uh, played music. Uh at eleven years old I was singing on, on radio, WJMR radio station. Oh, okay. Uh, We had a monthly show and I'd I'd, uh, sing on that. And uh, yeah, my dad would take me by the hand, take my guitar lessons, and uh, Mm -hmm. take me down the road on Canal Avenue to uh, SRAM Studios for vocal lessons. Wow. (laughs) Great of a singer, though. I don't think she did a good job with me. I'm not that great of a singer. (laughs) I call myself a hummer and a strummer. (laughs) I'm not a great guitar player and I'm not a great singer. I'm just, I entertain people, though. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So did you do any acting in, uh, in Louisiana? Well, I've, I've done over 200 films, TV and, and, uh, and films. Yeah, wow. here in Louisiana. Okay. I did more here than I did in California. I got, oh, really? to California okay. and, uh, uh, I studied acting. I was three years, uh, two years with the theater of arts dramatic Academy. Okay. Uh, and I was a member of the Burbank low theater and, um, I was sent in on interviews and everything. I was too short, you know, for this part, or for that part. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was one that uh, they, ca- they were going to cast me for a Tony Curtis movie called Don't Make Waves. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Dave Draper. Dave, Dra- Dave Draper. Yeah, yeah. Dave Draper. So uh, I went to the office and the pro- producers were there and Tony Curtis was there and they had me take my shirt off and uh I said, man, you look great. You look fantastic. And they had me pick him up, because in a scene, I'm supposed to throw him in the ocean. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And they said, uh, man, you look great, but we need someone taller. You know, you and Tony Curtis are about the same height. You know." Yeah, so you the,
1: need a bigger guy. Okay. Yeah.
0: So a funny thing, Dave Draper got it. You know, he's tall. And then in Mr. Universe in 66, here I am again, Dave Draper. He won the tall class of Mr. Universe. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. And you, and you won the short class.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: was, <laughs> wow. <it was> funny. <laughs> That's crazy. So, when you when you first went out to LA though, when you first went out to California, had you done any acting in Louisiana before you went out there or you were going to start it in California?
0: I I was going to start in California. Okay. I'd gone to the uh Le Petit Theater a few times and uh really liked it, you know. I, I uh I wanted to do it. Mhm. Uh, I was just ready to make a move I I think you know I wanted to go to California. See what yeah, it was like and uh, I'm glad I did I wouldn't want to be there now but I'm glad yeah. I got it done, you know yeah How was California back in the early 60s
1: it had to be beautiful it, right not too proud it, nice it.
0: oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean I, I was always at the beach I'd go to Muscle Beach in Santa Monica and yeah yeah it was great you'd see all these bodybuilders there and yeah the, yeah people had eventually I uh, competed against Sable Kowalski. you ever heard of him oh yeah Zabel. sure stable yeah uh, you know quite a few guys. Yeah, I saw that movie um, "Once Upon a Time in
1: Hollywood," and uh, yeah. they showed yeah. California like in the '60s, and it looked so cool, you know, because oh, yeah. they're driving down the street. There's not much traffic, you know. It just looks so beautiful at that time, you know,
0: before it got overcrowded and too much, too expensive, you know. Yeah, it was beautiful. You know, I loved driving the the coast coast highway. Uh, Larry Scott was driving a little red Porsche, and I was driving a fifty seven Corvette. And oh, you know, really? <laughs> just tear up the the streets. Yeah, it was it was. Fun. What did you do for a living when you got out there? Well, I uh, I had a couple of jobs when I first got there. I went to work at Pep Boys because okay. before I left here, I had a, a job at uh, Delta Automotive Distributors. Okay, and those uh, auto parts. So I did that for a while. And uh, then uh, I went to work for a coal buck. Uh, I had security clearance for that. We manufactured circuit boards for the government. Okay. So I was cleared for uh, secret on that. Hmm. Okay. And, uh, and then I played music. I had a five piece band called the Velvet Grass. Nothing to do with marijuana, but that was just the name of the, <laughs> the band, the Velvet Grass. Mm-hmm. And a funny story about that I had a van and on a side said Velvet Grass Country Rock, you know band music this older lady down the street in woodland hills i lived in woodland hills for quite a while i had okay. and she dro- she stopped by and saw me outside She she's i would love to get the velvet grass in front of my yard i got a small yard i like the velvet grass but i don't want the country rocks in it you know and i said "Come oh, on, we're not landscapers we're a band that's that's the name of our band velvet right. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that was that was kind of funny. Where did you uh, work out at out there when you moved out there? Vince's gym. That's oh, the Vince, yeah! Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, what was that uh, like? That's where I met Larry Scott and Don and uh, Vince and all those guys. Wow. Well, you know, have you ever been there? Have you ever seen it? Uh, no, I've seen pictures. pictures. I've never. Yeah, it was closed yeah. before I ever went. It was out a little there. hole in the wall. It was probably uh, maybe sixteen feet wide. And, wow. Uh, yeah. Really? Uh, and a lot of homemade equipment that Vince himself built, you know? Yeah. And, um, uh, but, uh, I attribute the success that I had in California to Larry Scott and, uh, you know, Don, mm-hmm. uh, Rio H Blair. That's the only protein I took. Okay. Uh, yeah. Larry Scott's the one that introduced me. That was his nutritionist. And after yeah, when I, I was, um uh,
1: when I was looking through some old magazines, I saw you in the ads for Rio H Blair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, in fact, one of the ads said you got kicked out of the Navy and then well, I, and now you're a bodybuilder.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it says this skinny kid rejected by the Navy. Yeah, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I attribute my success to to those guys. Uh, real player, you know, took him under his wing. And in fact, on his pamphlet, um, uh, he's sitting there on a the couch with a. Uh, another actress that he's talking to you now it's mm-hmm. back wall there's uh, four eight by ten pictures of me and Larry oh yeah Shad and don okay. and dave draper yeah Which so yeah. just kind of neat, you know on the pamphlets so it's really nice yeah
1: yeah for those that don't know i mean back then uh the supplement industry was really you know real basic and they didn't have any good protein powder but Rio h blair had the first like really good protein powder yeah it was like a milk and egg protein right Right,
0: yeah. Oh yeah. And uh cream. I mean uh you I don't know, you probably wouldn't do that today, but uh yeah. raw cream, it makes it with raw cream and wow and with <laughs> egg, raw eggs in it and uh yeah you know. But it was it was good tasting. I mean Oh was, yeah, it sounds uh, good. <laughs> and he he'd spent a lot of money on me as far as supplements and stuff, you know, and um how many of those would you drink a day? Uh
1: three. Three a day, three. okay. Yeah. yeah, three a day, yeah. And it was kind of like for people who weren't sponsored like you, it was expensive, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I believe uh, around $1,200 a month. if I Holy cow, really? And that was back in the 60s. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, it was expensive. I mean, a lot of people have written in there, man, I would have loved to have used it, but I just couldn't afford it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't have afforded it if, if I wouldn't have been, you know, sponsored by him.
1: Why did Rio uh, like you? Why did he sponsor you? Yeah.
0: Well, uh I had won three or four contests, you know, Mr. Long Beach, Mr. San Pedro, Junior Mr. Los Angeles, uh okay. a bunch of other contests. And Larry helped train me and showed me how to pose and everything. And he's the one that brought me to Rio H. Blair. And he mm. says, I think this guy is gonna be, you know, you know, really good one day. You know, he's good yeah. now, but he's gonna be a lot better. And I think he'd be a good endorsement figure, you know, stuff. So got to talking to him, and uh, yeah, he was excited. You know, he'd seen what I'd won and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so he put me on his program right away. You
1: know. Plus, plus, you had to look. You know, I mean, that picture right behind you there, Dave, by the uh, trophy on your right yeah. side, that, that where you're just standing relaxed. I'm, I've seen that yeah. picture so many times because you get yeah. such a
0: great symmetry and size in that picture. That's the last picture ever taken of me. When I came really? back from, from New okay. York, I had one photo shoot and that was it. That one right there by the yeah. by the cover. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's oh, that the last picture. Yeah. I'm wow. glad that, one, you know, came out because that's the last one. Yeah. Um, after yeah. that, after the universe, I just quit bodybuilding. You know, I never went back to the gym. Hmm. Uh, it's been Don't over 50 look- years. Really? You you quit training for fifty years? Yeah. Oh yeah, didn't didn't Holy go to the gym, didn't work out. No, no kidding. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I thought I you like were just still sense. banging away all these years. <laughs> oh no, no, I just started back a year and a half ago. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's amazing. And how does your body? Home.
1: How does your body feel now at eighty training after taking that long break? Uh,
0: it feels great. You yeah. Know, I I was at the gym this morning, six o'clock. You no. Know, yeah. Five days a week, I get up at five in the morning, hit the gym at six, uh-huh. an hour and a half. And wow. Yeah. So, your joints don't hurt or anything? You're, you feel good? No, no. I take t- turmeric, you know. Yeah. Uh, the you know, joints. That's about all I take. And uh, uh, I drank a, th- a 30 gram uh, protein shake on my way to the gym. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I just started with uh, Stephen uh, Spiral. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, yeah Stephen. Inspired, in in I got he, I got his together. shirt on right now. I told okay. him I was gonna wear his shirt for the podcast. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Thanks to Steven yeah. for uh hooking us up. I'm glad he was able to, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. In fact, I'm gonna meet him uh next month. There's a competition in Baton Rouge. I'm okay. not wondering and nothing, but uh, we're just gonna meet there. Okay, so it'll be fine. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, let, let me take you back to Larry Scott. Um, when you met him what did he teach you as far as your training? Like, did he help you with your arm training? I assume.
0: Yeah. He helped me with the arm training, uh, taught me the Scott curl and yeah, you know, the right movements, uh, how far to go with, uh, with different things, you know, and, um, just, and just a lot of encouragement, you know, he, uh, mm-hmm. he saw that I could do stuff. In fact, uh, he had, he had tried Dynaball, and, uh, You've heard of that, I'm sure. Sure, yeah. That's kind of when it was all starting, right, in the 60s? Yeah, right? but, the but that's starting. the only thing I'd ever heard of at that time. But he yeah. broke out in boils all over his shoulders and his back. Larry and, did? Uh, yeah. Wow. And uh, he told me, he says, uh, don't even try it, Gabe. He says, you make such progress in short time. He says, you don't need that. You know, he says, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to take any more, you know. So, uh I credit them for that. You know, I never so got you, on any
1: steroids. You, you never took the steroids back then?
0: No, no, nothing. Wow, nothing that's amazing. You had a, you a fantastic yeah. Yeah, no, uh, you know, I was 180 pounds with a 26 inch waist. Yeah. Uh, those yeah. were 19 and three quarters in that, that, that picture. Really? Me, yeah. 19 and I three quarters? quarters? Yeah. Holy I was, wow. was going for 20, but <laughs> 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 I quit before I got there.
1: Yeah. What did Larry teach you about the Scott Girl? Because that's, you know, that obviously the Preacher curl became the Scott Girl because he made it so famous. So, what did yeah. he, uh, did he give you any tips or anything, anything different he did that people weren't doing?
0: No, I, no, just, uh, just the right movement, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, reps and, you know, not going as heavy as you can, you know, at least, at least do 10 or 12 reps, you know. Okay. Okay. Uh, and he helped me too with, uh, before a contest, he would show me how to train. Uh, I'd go lighter and a lot of repetitions. Okay. And then, uh, if there was uh, six weeks, cause I went in a lot of competitions that was close together. In fact, all yeah. of my big wins were all in 1966, you know. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Western America, Professional Los Angeles. Mr. Uh, Mr. International, the Universe, all of those—the big ones—were all in '66. Oh wow! Okay, um, he would have me train uh, heavier between between contests
1: mm-hmm. and
0: lower reps and then higher reps, you know, which is pretty, pretty typical. You know, yeah. But, uh,
1: Did you guys bulk yeah. up back then? Did you bulk up
0: in the off season? Uh, not really bulk up. Um, I I constantly gained. Um, you know, it was a constant gain, but not to where I would bulk up to where I'd have to lose anything. Okay, you know, I was in pretty good shape the whole the whole time. It's just probably bigger, you probably had a pretty good metabolism, metabolism huh, Gabe? Okay. Yeah, I had a high rate of metabolism. So yeah, I, uh, yeah. You know, I wish I had that right now. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably 160, 165 right now with. Uh, with a 30 inch waist, yeah. at that time I was 180 with a 26 inch waist. So right, right, I'm working on it though. I'm I'm working on the waist. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that's that's amazing that you achieved what you did uh, naturally, because you know that's what people talk so much about today is the steroids and you know what you can achieve naturally. And I think a lot of the guys in your era they didn't take them because they were kind of afraid, you know, because right. it was kind of a new thing and. I think some people obviously took them, and some people didn't. But uh, that's amazing that you were able to achieve what you did. That—that's. I was afraid to take anything like that. Yeah, um, that's
0: what I heard. I heard a lot of people from your era. They were—they like, we were, were afraid of it. You know, they had respect for the drugs. And one of one of my uh, favorite trophies is is not a very big one. Uh, I won the uh, most outstanding bodybuilder of the year in 1966. Really? That what was show on, was that? Yeah. Like? Uh, it was in uh, Chinatown in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. And uh, they gave a special dinner and the award for me. And, uh, I mean, that was really, really wow, nice. Wow, It's amazing. a special trophy, yeah. Huh. I don't have my Mr. Universe trophy. My ex-wife asked uh, a year ago if I'd be willing to donate it to my son, you know. Oh, which I okay. did. He lives in Flagstaff, so I broke it all down and shipped it to him, and he's got it. You know, oh, next nice. To, next to that picture that you said you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I said, yeah, I wouldn't give it to anyone else but him, so <laughs> – you also won the uh, Mr. International, which was in Tijuana, Mexico, right? The I was in Mexico, yeah. yeah. And uh, my biggest competition, I was Mr. Los Angeles, and my biggest competition was Mr. San Diego. Mm. It was uh, Eugene Dickerson, not Chris Dickerson. Right, uh, right. Eugene, Eugene Dickerson, yeah. He was Mr. That contest uh, was the most trophy I won in any contest. I won seven trophies in that one contest.
1: Wow. What, did, what did you win, all the body parts and stuff? Yeah, all everything but abdominals. <laughs> <laughs> now, did they have those really beautiful trophies that they were handmade, like they had later on? No, no,
0: no. Was, okay, yeah, it was just regular regular trophies. Yeah, was, was, Eddie, Eddie, was Eddie was
1: Eddie Sylvester the promoter? Yes, he, yeah, he was. Okay, uh, uh-huh. yeah, because that contest was very uh, that was a very famous contest because a lot of great guys went on. Like Frank Zane oh, won yeah. it, Franco won it, Ken Waller won it, uh, Arnold won it. Uh, right. I think Boyer Co won it one year. Sergio, mm-hmm. so everybody won that show. But I remember like talking to people, and they loved those handcrafted trophies that they had later on. You know, you you won yeah. it kind of early in '65, but I know later on they had those like really beautiful. They're supposed to weigh like 200 pounds or something. Same,
0: you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't get one of those. That was probably in the early parts when I, yeah. when I did it. It was a good show, though. It was weird. It was in Spanish, and uh, I thought the san diego guy had won when they called his name out i reached out on stage to shake his hand because i thought he was the winner and uh, said, you know he understood spanish he says why are you telling me that as to well, did you just win he said no you won <laughs> that's funny you won the tall class i won the short class and the overall yeah the so, I mean, best chest best legs best arms best back best <laughs> wow. core, most muscular <laughs> What did uh, what did Eugene Dickerson
1: look like? I've seen his name before in contests from back then. And I, 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 I made the mistake, too. I thought it was Chris at first, but it wasn't Chris.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, Eugene. Um, that's the only time I'd ever met him. Okay. i never competed against him uh, before. Had you ever heard of uh, Ron Marguson? No, I don't think so. Um, okay. Uh, Eugene, was he in um, that show, too? uh no he wasn't in that contest uh, missed, uh muscle beach contest okay uh, yeah he beat me in that and uh, mm-hmm. then i beat, I beat him and a couple of other things ron uh ralph kroger you ever heard of ralph, ralph kroger, kroger yeah i've heard of him yeah yeah uh that was when i went to mr california he won that and i won second and okay March won third yeah oh yeah yeah okay i'm looking at the results now yeah. and then uh what
1: was the show that you beat chris dickerson in his first show uh, Mr. Long Beach. Oh, Mr. Long Beach. Okay. Yeah.
0: What year was that? Okay. It was, uh, 65 or, yeah, 65 or 66. Probably okay. 65. Okay. Because the bigger ones were in 66. It was yeah. Mr. San, Mr. San Pedro and Mr. Long Beach, Junior, Mr. Los Angeles. I won three, yeah. uh, Los Angeles titles. So I won, uh, the Junior Los Angeles, then, uh, Mr. Los Angeles, AAU. Then I won, uh, the, uh, professional, uh, Mr. Los Angeles. So okay.
1: Sorry, and you were about 23 years old then, right? You're kind of probably new. Your uh, 20, 22. Yeah.
0: 22.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 22. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Imagine now you we, you were doing AAU shows, but then you went over, uh, you also did the uh, IFBB as well, right? Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So tell I, me a little. Tell me a little I, uh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. After I did uh, IFBB, I never went back to AAU. Oh really? Okay. How come? Did you like IFBB? Better? Um, I don't know. Uh, to me, uh, they were saying, you know, once you go professional, then you you don't oh. go back to the amateur, you know. So yeah, yeah, it made sense to me. So I just I just stayed with that. Okay. So like I to say, I, I was a young guy at this this whole thing. You know, I mean, yeah, everything happened so fast for me. You know, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> you know they even said. For what I've accomplished, sometimes it takes 10, 12 years yeah, you know, yeah. to go from uh, a little skinny kid to a world champion. you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Plus, you made a lot of magazines, too, right? You wrote a lot of magazines. Yeah, four four magazines. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And that I attribute to Gene Mose. You've heard of him, I'm sure. Sure, yeah. Photographer, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Cliff Swan. Cliff Swan. Yeah, I've heard of Cliff. Also. Yeah. yeah. So they helped me out. You know, yeah. Also.
1: Yeah. How were the AAU shows back then? Um, did they always do weightlifting with the shows? I know they did that at Mister America. Did they do it at the other AAU shows? No,
0: no, no, they didn't. None uh, okay. the, that I was in, uh, they did that. It was just just uh, the bodybuilding. Bodybuilding. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mister San Pedro, Mister Long Beach. There was no weightlifting. Um,
1: mm-hmm. it, the judging was pretty fair too.
0: Well, I thought so. Yeah, you were winning. because <laughs> only, only I won. Right. <laughs> but uh you know, I, I guess. Uh even yeah. uh Mr. Western America. Um uh let me let me tell you some of the names that, that judged me. Oh, okay. Yeah, Dave Draper was a judge. Wow Chuck, Chuck Sipes was a, a judge, Reg Lewis was a judge. Joe Nista was a judge. Chet Yorton was a judge. Jeez. David Kolowski. Those were all judges for the Mr. Oh, Mr. Okay. Uh, the Who's Who yeah. of Bodybuilding back then. Yeah. And uh Freddie Ortiz was the uh, guest poser. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What'd you and, what'd uh, you think of Freddie when you saw him? Oh, I I loved his upper physique. I mean uh Arm if he'd rumors. had if he'd have had legs, you know. Yeah. To match match his upper body, he had a great upper body, yeah, great arms. Uh, small waist, great lats, great chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Smith, you've heard of Bill Smith Williams? Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he was he was, he was there too. He was in the World Arm Wrestling Contest. He was oh, an okay. actor. I used to see him all the time at uh, at Vince's gym. Yeah, because Vince's gym was just a block away from Universal Studios. Oh, That's when, okay. that's when he was doing Laredo, the the TV yeah. series. So, yeah, yeah. He had a great yeah. muscular. He had a real muscular physique for an actor. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Now, were you going out for acting roles from around that time, too? Uh, I kind of given up on that because I had been, again, rejected, not, you know, only because I wasn't tall enough for the parts that I was sent yeah. out for. Yeah. You know? And uh, that's a weird thing because I moved back to Louisiana and I do over 200 films.
1: Yeah, that's so. so you did most of your work when you came back later then.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, Have you crazy. ever heard of a TV series called uh, NCIS New Orleans? Sure, yeah. yeah. I was a detective on that. I did 31 episodes of that. 31 episodes, wow. Yeah, it, yeah. How long and ago it, was that, recently? Uh, well, it was right before the pandemic, yeah. Oh, okay, so a few years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. A few, a few years ago, too, they sent me to California uh, to do a film. And uh, that was, you know, nice, flew me out there, hotel suite, limousines, and really like a oh. big timer, you know. They pick me up <laughs> yeah. at one o'clock in the afternoon and say, Gabe, where do you want to go? He said, Take yeah. you wherever you want to go. No so, kidding. What movie you know, was in it, Gabe? I was, uh it was called Sir the Freak Vampire's Assistant with Selma Hayek and John C. Riley. Okay. And, okay. Um, awesome. And,
1: that's great. I'm a big movie fan too, so I, I, that's awesome. Yeah. You were into that.
0: Well, I've, I've got a collection of probably 150 DVDs against the wall over there. Ones that uh-huh. I've been in. Really? Every time I see them that's somewhere, great. you know, for a buck or something, I buy sure. them. Sure, yeah,
1: you got to have a record. Yeah. Of it. Give Absolutely.
0: them away, you know, give them away, and <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's awesome. So, what was uh, what was Vince like training at his gym? I heard I heard a lot of stories about Vince Gironda. Yeah,
0: well, Vince is another character. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) You know, Vince had his own way of doing things, you know, and I mean, he was a genius, you know, the iron iron guru Mm -hmm. knew a lot about bodybuilding, a lot about nutrition and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if, uh, if he talked to you or took an interest in you, you better do it his way and do what he says or, or hit the door, you know, I I think, he left me alone because Larry Scott was helping train me. And okay. him and Larry were okay, you know. Yeah. Uh, he didn't care that Larry was on Blair Protein, you know, and stuff like that. He thought he should really? be doing something yeah. else. But uh he never bothered Larry, never bothered me. Uh was exactly. cordial. Uh never once congratulated me on on wins and stuff, <laughs> although I represented this gym all the time, you know, it's the only gym I went to. Yeah. But uh, you know, it didn't it didn't bother me, you know. I mean, I was there just to do my work and and my exercises, and yeah, you know, no music there at all. And of course, right. nobody had cell phones. You know, I've got, no. I've had guys ask me, "Yeah, uh, well, you got, you got pictures of you and Larry, you know, working out?" And I said, "No." I said, "Nobody had cell phones standing." Nobody had phones, right? right? Cameras. Nobody brought cameras. Yeah, in. yeah. you know, yeah. he didn't want no cameras or nothing like that in there. Yeah, uh, if you were going to do a photo shoot, you had to do it. Uh, it had to be set up somewhere or whatever. Right. But right. now while people are working out, you know, he says this is not a play place, it's not a hangout place, this is a workplace, you know.
1: Yeah. So, what do you think? What do you think about that, Gabe, with all these kids today filming everything? And and I see now yeah. everybody's bringing in tripods and everything. They're setting things up right. and right. filming their whole uh,
0: workout. I mean, I see at the gym where I go, you know, I, I have to tell people, you know, can can I do a set in between while you're yeah. doing your your texting? All, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. You know. Uh, you know, it's too bad. You know, I leave mine okay. in the car. You know, I don't even bring mine in. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, it's just. Um,
1: I, I I told my partner the other day. I said. Well, I don't think these people are ever going to be good bodybuilders, but at least they might be good uh, directors. Yeah, really. <laughs> directors good or practice. cinematographers. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> they're going to go. They can go into film school. I don't think they're going to do well in competing <laughs> because they're too, too too preoccupied. They're setting up the different angles. You know, they're moving right. around. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, and,
0: yeah. Yeah, I had one. one, Can I move your tripod over a foot right. you know, so I can get in here? Oh, yeah. Is it in the way? I said, well, kind yeah. of, but, you know, okay, you know, do your thing,
1: you know. Yeah. I, just, yeah, I saw a guy the other day. He was doing uh, seated cable rows. So he had his camera on a tripod or his phone on a tripod and he had it set up away from him. And he must have had a wireless mic on. So yeah. he's talking, you know, and he's talking into the camera over there. And then he, moves it, and then he moves it over here, and then he moves it from this angle. <laughs> and I'm like,
0: he hasn't done one set yet, you know? Yeah, <laughs> He's
1: not even going to work on <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> now, you're, you're working out pretty pretty hard. Uh, yeah, I still some, train, still train pretty videos. hard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, look yeah, like I you're in really good shape, you know? Do yeah. you compete? Uh,
1: can. No, I haven't that? competed, uh, let's see, my last show was about seven years ago, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was in my 50s, yeah, and I think that... Okay. The, cont- the contests are so different now because now they have all these different divisions. It's not just, oh, one of them.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. they've got fitness, they got figure, they've got bikini. Yeah. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I would like to do one more, but I would have to be in a, in a, you know, in a category, you know, 70 or over or something like yeah. that. Um, uh, Someone was talking to me the other day, well, there's one that's 40 and over. I said, well, I'm not going to compete against a 40-year-old. No. I'm double that, you know. <laughs> right, right. ridiculous, you know. I, I was laughed off the stage at one time. I don't want to be laughed off the second time, you know. I, that's it. Right. I went through it, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, I hope if you do compete, they give you the respect you deserve, and I hope they're mentioned, like, you know, who you are and what you want. You know what I mean? I hope they don't just say you're number 148 or whatever, you know? <laughs>
0: But I, I'm not really uh, uh, heading that, you know, that direction. I'm pretty much just to stay in shape, you know. And yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know uh, why I waited so long to get back into it, you know. Uh, yes, yeah. if I'd have just even taken ten years off, I mean, I, I'd probably be a monster now. But. <laughs> uh, Fifty years, you know, that's a long time. Fifty years, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's half a century. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you just got involved with your
1: music and, and acting and everything, right? Oh yeah, things, yeah. Too.
0: Until the until the pandemic, I was playing uh, two different places every weekend. You know, mm-hmm. Fridays, Saturdays, sometimes Sundays. You know, and so uh, your then, band yeah. is still
1: going now, kid.
0: No, no. Uh, okay, but you're you're I'm still thinking. you're are you still playing regularly? Um. Once in a while I'll do a, a private show, you know, uh okay. different things. Uh my son plays with I enjoy when me and my son play together. He plays guitar and sings also and we do a duet, oh, you know. Nice. So yeah. How old is your son? Uh he's uh fifty-five. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. I've got one that's I got one that just turned twenty-one. Oh really? <laughs> uh, and he's uh he's really built. I mean he's into uh Judo and he teaches uh, oh, self-defense cool. and stuff, so he's in pretty good shape. Yeah.
1: yeah, and all your kids are aware of like what you did as a bodybuilder, I'm sure, right?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. And my son, no, yep. um, fifty-five. Uh, he's never seen me on stage. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. Said, oh, Dad, you got to do it, man. Get him, get aboard that train again and yeah and ride with it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But, yeah. that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. I think you should it do is- it if you want. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah. Getting back, back to uh, events, um, yeah. I think some of his problem was he en- he entered a lot of shows. I don't know if you know that. He entered yeah. a lot of competitions and never actually won a title. Right. He was coming second and third. And I think with Larry, all the stuff he won, uh, Olympia, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I won. I was just a young kid coming into his gym, and uh, I've got all these titles already, you know yeah and uh, I think there might have been just a little bit of jealousy there, oh and, yeah, okay. that's kind of what i that's kind of what I thought, you know, like you know i saw I saw pictures
1: it? of him competing in the Nava universe, and I think he was just ahead of his time, I mean he was so ripped,
0: I don't think yeah. he just yeah. knew
1: how to judge that, you know, I mean, nobody else right. looked like him,
0: you know, right no he had a, he had a great physique, you know that's yeah, why I never understood uh, why he never uh you know got titles and stuff, yeah, you
1: know? yeah, I just think. Yeah, that that look wasn't around back then, you know. Being right, group, you know. right, yeah. Now, did you do his type of diet, which was the really low carbohydrate, uh, high fat, high protein diet?
0: No, uh, I pretty much uh, followed Rio Blair's uh, okay you know, suggestions and and his supplements and his protein and and diet. You know, but uh, but uh, yeah. So when when
1: you guys dieted, were you also eating carbohydrates, or was it low carbohydrates back then?
0: Uh, yeah, it was low carbohydrates. Yeah.
1: okay, Yeah. 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 All the old, all the old uh, magazine articles I read from the sixties and seventies, it seems like everybody went down to like 50 grams of carbohydrates and it was more protein and more fat, you know? Right.
0: Yeah. 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 That's why the cream was uh, raw cream. I'd get it from a dairy to mix with the Rio H. Blair. You know, you yeah. probably wouldn't want to do that nowadays. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Raw you never cream, hear of anybody uh, doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Milk and egg protein, you know, and then adding cream yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell me um, about that Mr. Universe contest. So you went into the 1966 IFBB universe. So that was the year that uh, Larry won his first. Mr. Olympia, or second, I'm sorry, second Mr. Second. Olympia. Right. And uh, was it uh, Don Howard that won the uh, America that year? Yes, uh uh-huh. Don, right. right. Or was it Chet? Was it Chet? Oh, it was Chet. I'm
0: sorry, right. it was Chet Jordan. Well, that won the Miss America? Yeah, was that right? No, it was Don. It was Don because oh, Larry Don? won, I won, and uh, and Don. Okay. Yeah. okay, Miss America, yeah. So you go into the Mr. Universe. Now, this was held at
1: the uh, Brooklyn Academy of Music, right? Right. In, yeah. In new York. York. And, uh, new York. Yeah. Yep. So tell me a little bit about that. I've heard so many stories, Gabe, about that atmosphere, <laughs> how the crowd was so
0: loud and, you know, they had all these body league oh, yeah. superstars there that night, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I bought a brand new uh, shirt and it was one of those big pirate type shirts, you know, mm-hmm. bulky <laughs> sleeves and brand new shirt got ripped off of me in the back of a limousine, you know, going to the going to the show. Yeah.
1: Got ripped yeah. off by fans,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: wow,
0: they wanted pictures, you know. So, I rolled down the window, and some girl grabbed a shirt and ripped it. And... Are you kidding? <laughs> <That's No. crazy. laughs> wow, and, uh, another another story. I, I don't want to, guys, are like movie stars. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't want to say any names, but somehow or other, uh, when I got to New York, I was flying higher than the plane. <laughs> 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 So somebody, I, I, I didn't somebody know somebody, somebody baked know. some homemade cookies and they they lace them <laughs> a little bit. I was told they were just protein cookies, and after eating three of them, I was uh. the <laughs> uh, so I don't know exactly who made them, but I was <laughs> I was pissed. Were <laughs> you? Yeah, yeah, because you know they, they were just telling me uh, it's it's. Pissed just protein, just protein cookies, you know, you feel yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, that's uh, funny. and you
1: never did, uh, you never did marijuana before, huh?
0: No, no, I don't smoke. I don't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like going, you know, get a blood test. I, you know, I would never right. put needles in my arms and nothing like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you know, I was uh, actually blackballed by Joe Weeder. No. What happened uh, there? After I won the universe. He uh, he talked to me, wanted me to train another year and go to Europe. Okay. Uh, the Olympia. Okay. And it's like he was grooming me. Because he's the one that uh, presented me with the trophy and flew me uh, for the Mr. Western America. He was there and mm-hmm. you know, gave me the trophy. And uh, I told him, I said, well, I said, after this contest, I said, I'm, I'm retiring from bodybuilding. I'm not going to be doing it anymore. Mm. He says, all the money that we've spent on you. He says, uh, "You know, I want you to train another year and go to Europe." You know, I said, "Well, no, I'm not." <laughs> he says, well, he says, "If not, he didn't. He, he uh, said he wasn't going to pay my way back to Los Angeles." Oh, jeez! <laughs> and uh, I said, "Well, you know, we we do have a contract, so we had a contract to fly there and have hotels and limousines and stuff yeah. like that." All Larry and Don, myself, and right. And so he says. uh, well, you'll never appear in any of my publications, magazines again. It's like mm. you were never here. I said, "Well, well I've, got, I've got the trophy, and people know that yeah. I won." You know, <laughs> I said, "I said that's it." I said, I, "I've accomplished more than I ever thought I would." I said, "Now, I, I, I want to do other things," you know, and stuff. So. Yeah. And,
1: so is that is I, that why you quit, Gabe? You want to do other things?
0: Well. Uh, yeah, because uh, you know I was training six days a week and uh, it took a lot of time and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I never appeared in any any of his other publications after. You know, mm. Luckily, I got a few pictures that appeared in some magazines where it actually showed. Yeah, you know, Mr. Universe picture stuff. But, yeah, uh, you were yeah. in
1: uh, you were in a lot of Iron Man magazines because I've got a lot of those old ones.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, Muscle Builder and uh, Strength and Health.
1: Yeah, so after the contest, he never put a picture of you in the magazine.
0: No, no, no. Gee. Only picture that actually appears is is all of the contestants and Dave Drapers in the middle. Uh uh-huh. huh. And then I'm kind of on the side, but it doesn't. There's no. Uh, there's no individual idea. picture saying you won the no. short class. No. Uh, no. Wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I didn't join his team, you know. I, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I heard I heard he could be a pretty ruthless businessman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how was that contest with against Dave? Um, you won the short class. You beat out uh, Johnny Maldonado and a couple other Johnny guys. Johnny
0: Maldonado, yeah, and then uh, the other guy was from Japan. Yeah, I don't remember his
1: name. Kazutoshi is that I it? Kazutoshi Oz- Ozusa. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I think so. I, I just didn't remember the name. Yeah, Johnny Maldonado uh, was from New York. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, he was on a cover of a couple of magazines. Yeah, he was popular know. back then. Yeah, 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 yeah. And did so, they? Uh, did they have a pose down
1: between you and Dave then for the overall? Uh, no, uh-uh. no, they didn't. Huh? No. They just they just announced him as the winner.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> because later on, I know they would have like the, the class winners all together, and then they would have their own post down, and then they would determine who the winner was. You know,
0: I, I got a little list of uh, some of this thing. Well, let's see I won Mr. Gulf Coast, okay, in, 60, mis, in uh, 1961, Mr. South Coast, and uh, 1961, Mr. NOAC, I was second in 61, Mr. Physical Fitness, I won in 61. Teenage Mr. South, uh, 1961. Mr. South USA, third in 61. Junior <laughs> Mr. American, 61, uh, fourth. And Mr. San Pedro's, 1965, first. Los Angeles, 65, first. Mr. International, 65, first. Most Outstanding Bodybuilder, 66. Professional Mr. Los Angeles, 66. Mr. California, second place, 66. Mr. Western America, 1966, first. Um, it's the Universe 66 uh, short class mm-hmm. and magazine covers Iron Man, Strength and Health, Muscle Builder and Physique Tutorial, which Larry wow. Scott introduced me to those people. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and then you did. Uh, did you do a
1: show in Los Angeles, a pro show? Mr. Los Angeles Pro? Yeah. In 67?
0: Uh, yeah. No, not 67. I never competed. In. That's that's a misprint. Oh, 60. Okay, so 66 was your last one. Yeah, Universe was the last thing I ever competed in. That was your last one. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd already won the uh, the professional uh, Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, it was in '66. Uh, that was '66. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's wrong on the computer. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you took fifty years off, and now you're training again, Gabe. So, did yeah. you get back into it because of the pandemic, and you're just needed? You just thought
0: you'd try it again. Um no, not really i I felt I just needed to do something uh you know physical more than what I was yeah. doing and playing music and I was doing the movies and stuff and I thought well, you know let me uh go to the gym there's a really nice gym just a few miles from where I live you know it's Anytime okay. fitness, but they do have good equipment you know and it's a big clean place and okay it's a- no one bothers you there. Uh, I saw the owner there once when I signed up, you know, that was it. So, and uh, it's 24 hours, you know, you go anytime. Yeah. You did get, go to you get a key or something when you join? Yeah. It just... It's a little, little fob that you put in front of it and it okay. clicks the door. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. And
1: how did it feel getting back to training?
0: Well, I looked at some of my old magazines, <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, different exercise I did. Uh, you know, I, I pretty much remembered everything, you know, so. Yeah. But uh, it's like riding a bike. You get back on it. You know? Right, right. <laughs> now, what, what kind of progress have you made since you started? Definition. I mean, the muscles are are coming out. You know, mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I feel good, you know. Uh I'm able to do everything, you know, my joints are fine, you know, yeah. just, uh, you know, so. That,
1: that's really interesting that you were so into it at a young age and then you stopped for 50 years and then came back. I, right. that, that's, that would be a good yeah. medical experiment, you know, <laughs> just yeah. to see yeah. the difference yeah. in your body, you know,
0: yeah. after that long off. No, I see my doctor every six months. He says, man, just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, were you in good health uh, your whole life, Gabe, even when you stopped training? Uh yeah pretty much. Um uh, Yeah. I mean uh you know you get a cold, you know, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but not, I never, no, no I never got problem. yeah, I never got covid, you know. Uh, oh, really? So it's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, did, did you ever meet Boyer Co cuz he's from Louisiana? Yeah, no, I never did, you know. Oh, you never I, did. Wow, no kidding. You no, know, I think he was a little bit after me, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, he was yeah. younger than you. Yeah. Yeah. How about Casey Viator? Did you ever meet him? No, never, never met him either. Hmm. Uh,
1: yeah, because you were kind of out of the sport by, by then, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 66 yeah, was my last debut, you know. It was, hmm. um, How was Don Howarth? Uh, he was, he was good. I, you know, enjoyed. Uh, I didn't see him as much as Larry Scott. Yeah. Uh, they trained at different times and, uh, you know, I'd see him once in a while there. But yeah. He was okay. a, good, a good friend, you know. We flew to New York together, yeah you know. so yeah. What did
1: you guys do for legs back then? Because they didn't have any leg equipment, right, at Vince's? Uh but those squat racks, at least.
0: Yeah, well, we did we did hack squats, and then we had the uh, leg extension, you know, and yeah. sit on the bench and the extension, yeah, um, calves, you know, toe raises, and mm-hmm. you know, they, they didn't have any machine for that, but yeah and still even at the gym now, I don't use it I just uh I incorporate it when I get on the machine for thighs, then I just do the calves you know at the end, okay, yeah, mhm- I'll do like ten ten reps for the thighs and then I'll do fifteen calves, yeah, just that's pretty much it.
1: You don't do the old donkey calf raises where the guy sits on your back anymore right
0: no <laughs> no I have though at Vince's gym, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah I, I still do those believe it or not and people yeah, you know, yeah. i always see people looking at me like
0: what's he doing yeah. <laughs> No, it, it, yeah, it oh, works yeah oh yeah it definitely works
1: <laughs> yeah
0: it's just two guys i'm training now the one guy is 240 pounds so i don't want him on my back <laughs> yeah. maybe,
1: maybe back in the day but not now right
0: <laughs> yeah so what
1: other um, what other movies or tv shows have you been in Gabe? you did that ncis and you were in like 30 episodes of that but are there any other movies that we would
0: know that you did? Oh wow! It it would it would take just a whole show to go over all of them. You know? <laughs> yeah, but I you know I've worked with uh, Brad Pitt, I've worked with Sean Penn, I've worked with Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Wow! Uh, uh, you know Matthew McConaughey. I've done three of his movies. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah. So it's just you know a ton of stuff. I've I've played priests, I've played detectives, I've played doctors, played lawyers yeah Bad guys, you know, so yeah, played the whole gamut, you know, yes, yeah. now, when you do movies with big stars like that, do you ever get to meet them, or is it just you do your thing? they do their thing pretty much uh it's like that you do your thing, they do their their thing, yeah, now, there are some that uh will talk to you, uh production doesn't want you talking to to them because some of them are trying to memorize their lines and everything, and they're into the character and stuff, so uh you pretty much stay away from trying to get them to talk you know so okay okay well some of them some of them are talkative. they you know they want to know about louisiana because a lot of them come from california you know and they want to know about the food and the music and you know and yeah uh, what's the good places to go on bourbon street tonight after we're done you know yeah. <laughs> so. yeah.
1: what are the what are the coolest guys you met as far as the big stars were there any that you got to talk to
0: uh yeah one one uh, guy real real nice was uh Bert reynolds Oh, yeah. Uh, he's, back, he's passed away now, yeah. yeah. I've done a couple of movies with him, and uh, he actually uh, called me over to, to have a picture taken with him, you know, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, and we mm-hmm. talked. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty neat. Yeah. I've talked yeah. talk to quite a few of them. I mean, um, most of them are, are just genuine people, you know. Yeah, yeah. We have some that, that don't want to be bothered, you know, and, and you can tell. You know, you you can read them.
1: You know? Yeah, yeah, right. You could pick it up, right? <laughs> so, so you think next year you might uh, you might compete in a contest then, or will that be this year?
0: Well, I, I'm thinking to myself, maybe maybe a year if I if I can keep doing this for a year and not injure myself and stay well and yeah. progress that I've made uh, so far, uh, I would I would like to enter one more maybe. Uh, it would have to be a category that I would fit in, though. You know, I mean, I don't want to compete against it. Sure, yeah. Like they that. they have master shows now over 70, I think. Yeah. yeah that, right that I, would I, con- I would consider that, you know. Yeah. Uh, just uh, one last hoorah, you know. Yeah, that would be great. And then I can take another 50 years off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well, if you do it, you got to let me know so I could talk yeah. about it. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Do you think well, it would mom- be? A, would it be in Louisiana, you think?
0: Uh, well, uh, hopefully, you know, yeah. Louisiana, Mississippi, I know in Biloxi, they have a lot of competition. New Orleans has a lot of competition. Yeah. Uh, Lafayette, uh, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But, yeah. uh, yeah. yeah let, I, let me know, Gabe, and I'll, I'll get it out there to the bodybuilding. Oh, I, d- I definitely will. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, everybody will know. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you look great. I mean, you still got a full head of hair. You, you look, you know, oh, yeah, you sound yeah. good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah feel good you know yeah yeah I, I i lead a good life you know i mean uh, no stress you know i don't have any right. stress but, right you know, that's the key own, right Own house i built my own house it's really right here on the bayou yeah the water's right behind me you built it yourself uh, yeah yeah wow. i had never built a house before but my dad was a finished carpenter and i'd worked with him a bit you know in summers and stuff yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I did it all myself. I like antique cars. I've got a 1950 Studebaker, which is the first car I had when I was 16. Mm-hmm. I've got the first motorcycle I had when I was 15, the only one ever made in New Orleans. A wow. Simplex. And I restored that. And I, what kind of motorcycle is it? It's a Simplex. Simplex? Okay. Yeah. And it's the only one ever made in New Orleans. They stopped making them in the 60s. Yeah. Stuff like wow. That. Okay. At one time, I started a car club uh, when I moved to uh, Bullhead City, Laughlin Nevada. You know where that area? Laughlin Nevada. Yeah, Laughlin Nevada. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I had a big nightclub there. No kidding. I played music and everything. I started a car club with me and my son and one other person, three of us. Mm-hmm. And when I moved away from there, fifteen years, we had 125 members. And wow! Now one of the biggest car clubs now over there called Still Little Going. Services. Yeah. It's called River Cruisers. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: Wow. So, yeah. So I've done a lot of different things, you know, the music, yeah. the, the, the movies, the mm-hmm. car clubs. Uh,
1: yeah. You know. Yeah. I so, yeah, lived a, a rich life as, as well as being a bodybuilder.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I, I do. Uh, let's see. Muscles. Music, movies, and Marilyn Monroe. Those are my, those are my ends. Those are my ends that I like. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a That's huge great. collection of Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> yeah. yeah? Did you, you ever James, get to, James Dean. Did You never got to meet her. Oh no, no. no. Uh, yeah, I think she's she passed gone. away before you moved out there. Huh? Oh yeah, before oh, I really? even got. Out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All
1: right, Gabe. Well, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and uh, sharing your stories with us. Like I said, I've been reading about you for many years, I, of course, I knew who you were, you know, you're one of the legendary bodybuilders from the sixties. So it's great to see you're doing so well. And
0: it was great to hear your story. Well, thank you, John. Thanks for having me on your show, man. Yeah. A lot of people are asking, you know, how, how will I be able to see it? uh, uh, The podcast.
1: Well, I'll I'll put it on YouTube and uh, it's like on Spotify. It's on Apple. So wherever people listen to their podcast, they could usually find it. Bodybuilding Legends podcast is what it's called. Okay. So
0: Bodybuilding Legends show by yeah. John Hansen.
1: Yeah. 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 And okay. then I'll put it up on YouTube as well.
0: John, I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it's it. This a little, little bit more added to the excitement of what I'm going through. You know? yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm excited yeah. for you. So you got to let me know when you're going to compete again, and we'll okay. stay in touch and let
0: me know how everything's going. All right, John. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Gabe. Take care. Okay. All right. Bye, buddy. All right. Thanks for listening to another
1: episode of the Bodybuilding Legends podcast. Thank you to Gabe Boudreau for joining us on the show. I really enjoyed my conversation with him. Isn't that amazing? Gabe took 50 years off of training and then started training again last year. That is just unbelievable. 80 years old now. He's making a comeback, so good for Gabe. And I also want to thank, again, Stephen Spryer for – setting that interview up because I would not have been able to contact Gabe without Stephen's help. So thank you very much for that, Stephen. All right, before I let you guys go, I want to read this article called Mike Quinn Emerges from the November 1987 issue of Iron Man magazine. It is written by Lonnie Teeper, and it has this great iconic picture of Mike on the front cover. They had such great covers of Iron Man back when it started, when John Bailey took it over. They kind of changed the format after a while, but... In the beginning, it was just like one big picture of a bodybuilder, male or female. And this is a great picture of Mike wearing these uh, pants with suspenders, and he's doing a one arm bicep shot. And it says, Mike Quinn wins USA. So they had some great, great pictures back then. Great covers, I should say. All right. It says, hey, folks, want to take a giant roller coaster ride? Then hop on the Mike Quinn Express. Shucks, this guy's life has had more ups and downs than Disneyland's Space Mountain. First, he's on top of the world. Then he crumbles to the ground at speeds that defy compression, comprehension. Hold on. Seems the ride ain't working so hot anymore. Appears Big Mike is getting his act together. Real solid like. No more highs and lows. No more talks of premature retirement. No more dope. New hometown new love of his life, and a new title that has made his lifelong dream of professional bodybuilding come true. Life hasn't been easy for Mike Quinn, that's for sure. Reared in Brockton, Massachusetts, Quinn had an early penchant for athletics, drugs, and brawling, not necessarily in that order. He was quite efficient in all areas. He was an all-scholastic football player in high school, earning a college scholarship before three concussions, a shattered forearm, and a broken ankle convinced him to make an early exit from the sport. With only eight months training, Quinn won the Teenage American Bodybuilding Championship in 1981. A year later, he placed second to Lee Haney at the Junior Nationals. That same year, at the age of 20, Quinn finished sixth in the heavyweight class at the Nationals, won by Haney. After a fourth place finish in his class at the 1983 USA, Quinn decided he wasn't going anywhere with the MPC and he moved on. He took third in the 1984 AAU America, although he says the show was mine. He packed his bags for Europe three weeks later, where he dominated the scene and route to the NABA Mr. Universe crown. After a five-month tour, Quinn returned home and began a comeback with the MPC after his request to turn pro was denied by IFBB chairman Wayne D'Amelio. The year 1985 is one Mike Quinn would like to erase forever in his memory. A failing relationship and a dependence on cocaine led to a non-placement of the USA. Mike seriously considered retirement, But not unlike another Brockton resident, the late great Rocky Marciano, he got off the mat and began charging his way back to the top. His recent victory at the 1987 USA qualifies him to become a pro. He didn't need any urging to give it an immediate go. On August 15th, he made his professional debut in Detroit at the Grand Prix. Beforehand, he decided that if he placed in the top three, he'd enter the Mr. Olympia. One of the most honest people in the sport and perhaps the least understood, Quinn talked candidly with this reporter a week after his biggest trial. When did you first get involved with drugs and why? I grew up in a violent, segregated area. I was raised with drugs in my life. I started when I was 12 years old. It just started as part of being one of the boys, but it grew into an addiction. I was unhappy in my life. At that time, my dad was an alcoholic, but he's not anymore. He's been dry for seven years. We're really close now, but I think I needed that closeness with him when I was younger. I guess I was just frustrated little kid who would rather get high than deal with my problems in the real world. Was drug use at such a young age commonplace in your neighborhood? Oh, yes. Out of all the people I knew when I was growing up, I'm the only one that's become anything. All the time I had a drug problem. I still knew I wanted to become somebody. You were a high school football star. You were actually doing drugs on a regular basis all the while you were excelling on the field. Yeah, I smoked pot every day for 10 years from 12 to 22. I did speed one time before a game. I was a lunatic. I'm such an aggressive competitive person that I was able to perform anyway. A normal person could never have performed under those conditions. As I got older, I realized I would never go the distance if I continued that lifestyle. There have been rumors you were enrolled in a drug rehab program. Is that true? I didn't actually go into one, but my youngest sister, Kathy, did after getting addicted to free-based cocaine a couple years ago. At the time, it just ripped my family apart. She was only 15. She completed the program. She's back living at home and is working. She's doing great. You must have felt tremendous guilt with your sister's situation. Definitely. My sister followed in my footsteps. I was her mentor. I think Kathy felt, well, Mike gets high. It's okay if I get high, too. I'd done some cocaine, but not with her. She picked that up on the street. Did you have a serious problem with the drug? Yes, I did in 1985. Again, I used it to get away from my problems. I was miserable that year. I had a bad relationship. My life was falling apart, and I was in my worst condition at the USA. I was just going to quit the sport, feeling like I was getting nothing out of it. Why did you leave the NPC for the AU after placing fourth in the 83 USA? I had somebody controlling me, telling me what to do. I was very naive. I had the physical attributes to go against anybody, but I didn't have the mental toughness. I was too young. I didn't know how to deal with all my early success. I was confused. I never really got involved in sport. I was just the type of kid that trained for a show, competed, and then left. I never got involved with the people, the judges. I felt people were afraid of me, and they were. When I was young, I had a violent streak. Not really violent, but people would see me in the gym, and I was like a lunatic training. People thought I was a psycho all the time. I got a bad reputation, too, because I worked in nightclubs for five years, and I got into a lot of scraps. You've got a nice little scar above your left eye. Was that the result of one of those barroom brawls? No, my dad brought home a German Shepherd when I was 12, and it bit me in the face. What were your thoughts when Demelia told you you'd have to qualify all over again when you returned from Europe? I was really down. It was like I had achieved nothing in my career. Wayne told me that Jeff King was told the same thing, that rules are rules. I was so disgusted. That's when I started doing coke on a regular basis. What turned things around for you? My family moved to Florida a couple of years ago and I met John Meese. I told him I was contemplating retirement and he told me not to, to go for it. I started training hard again. I won the Mr. Florida and I jumped into the 86 nationals. I took fourth. I had a good time and I just wanted to make a good showing. What prompted the move from Florida to Southern California last December? After the Nationals, I came out here for a photo shoot, and I knew this was the place I had to be. I needed the exposure and the environment. The more good people I have around me, the harder I work. I'm very competitive, as I said before. I'm not afraid of people, but I've learned to focus my aggression now. It stays in the gym, and when I leave, I turn it off. You seem to be at peace with yourself more now than ever before. I understand you have a new girlfriend. Yeah, I'm in love. Her name is Dana Golden. I saw her in the lobby at this year's California Championships in May. I just knew when I saw her the first time it was special. A friend of mine knew her, introduced us, and I called her at work the next week. We live together now. She does everything for me. Cooks, handles the diet, and the business end of things. She makes sure all I have to think about is going to the gym and training. Hey, big guy, this sounds like a love connection, perfect match. Are those wedding bells I hear chiming in the background? Absolutely. I honestly feel the best champions in the world have good women behind them. I don't want to get caught up in the typical bodybuilding scene of being a playboy, dating around. That's not a champion's lifestyle. You seemed extremely nervous prior to the USA. You put a lot of pressure on yourself by saying months ago that this show was yours. It was do or die for me. I didn't want to have to compete at the Nationals again. I should have been a pro a few years ago. I've been a good champion, but I lacked the mental stability. I feel I have it now. Jeff King was supposedly going to make his NPC debut in San Jose. Did you anticipate a showdown with him? I'd never thought about it. Jeff King is overrated. Who's he beating? At one time or another, I've stood against the best bodybuilders in the world. People open their mouths too quickly about how great somebody is. Let them compete against the best and then make comparisons. Jeff King would not beat me. He's all legs. And today it's the upper body muscle that wins shows. King wouldn't beat a lot of people in the MPC. Two years after considering retirement, you've reached your dream of becoming a pro with the IPB. How good can you be in the pros? Much better than I've been as an amateur. I'll prove that in Detroit. I wait 213 at the USA. I'll be about 220 in the pros. I can't get much bigger. I'll be too blocky. Did you do anything different in your training for the USA than in previous contests? Less sets with more concentration. I've also had the best training partner I've ever had, Paul Fetters, who's also a good friend to me. I only did 10 to 12 sets on all the major body parts. I only did six sets on biceps, eight to 10 on triceps. I grow from that kind of training. A lot of people said you lack the symmetry to be a champion, that your legs and calves are tremendously overshadowed by your upper body. When I stand on stage, I'm symmetrical. You show me a bodybuilder who's perfect. I got a freaky upper body that scares people. Any person in general looks for weaknesses first instead of strong points. They're jealous, not giving you the credit you deserve, trying to hold you back. I don't care what anybody says. I'm a good champion, and I've improved every year. Look at Haney. He doesn't have great calves or arms, but he comes across as a great champion on stage. That's what's important. It's a feeling. I give 100% all the time, and I'm not going to let other people bother me. The ones who are putting me down are the ones that are not winning. Now that you've reached the pro level, how will things change in your life? Mike Quinn has been poor his whole life. Me and my family have struggled, so it's time to make some money. In two years, I'm planning on making a lot of money through exhibitions, books, seminars, and videos. That's being set up now. Now it's time to be a businessman, but I'm going to be a great champion on top of that. I'll never enter a show unprepared. I heard you're unbearable at times in the gym. Is that a bad rap? Well, first of all, I'm in the gym to train, not to socialize. Sure, some days I'm in a bad mood. I may be hungry and I have to train hard. People have to realize the gym is business. I'm not the same Mike Quinn in it that I am outside of it. I'm an underdog now. I'm coming after people. How long will it take you to win the Olympia? I think I can do it in another year or so. I still have to bring up my legs, improve my calves. This past show, I was glycogen depleted all the time, not taking in enough carbs. When you do that, the first thing that lacks is your weak points. I'll be eating more carbs before a show from now on. What will it take to beat Mike Quinn? To beat me on the stage, you have to beat me in the gym. These guys have to realize how hard I train, how I push myself to the limits all the time. I'm strong mentally and physically. What will your life be like in, say, three years? When I'm 28, he'll turn 26 in November. I want to have a child. As soon as I get enough money, I'm going to get engaged to my girl and settle down. I have other plans in my life outside of bodybuilding. I don't want to be an actor, but I may get involved in commercial work. I'd like to make some good investments. In three, four years, I'd like to own my own restaurant. Maybe I'll get involved with owning some gyms. To be honest, I may not be competing much more than five years down the road. There are other things that are important too. To be honest, Lonnie, I'll quit when I no longer have the desire to beat people. It's like a boxer who's no longer aggressive enough to want to destroy his opponent. That's when you have to get out. This lifestyle is very stressful. You have to constantly watch your diet, your personality with people. You have to be nice to everyone, look good. I'm thankful I have Dana. But I don't think I could put anybody through this for a long period of time. Speaking of diet, you were up to 260 at one time before the USA. How long did it take you to get to 213? I dieted four months for the show. I used a high protein diet, about a gram per pound. Then I cut back to half that amount a couple of weeks before the contest. I started out eating 4,000 calories a day and then gradually dropped to 1,400 the last two weeks. That was too low. I also use sports science plus vitamins and amino acids to supplement my food intake. Let me play the devil's advocate for a moment. What happens if all this sweetness turns sour in the future? Will those drugs be tempting you to kiss and make up? No way. I have too much happiness in my life, too much to look forward to. I have a fantastic close relationship with my parents. My mother and dad and I have never been tighter. In addition to Kathy, I have another sister, Kelly, who's 21 and has started bodybuilding. She may follow in my footsteps and try competing someday. I can't emphasize enough just how much my whole family means to me. And the people at Gold's have been great to me. They've really taken care of me since I've been out here. Without their help, I couldn't have achieved what I did. Is there anything about Mike Quinn that people would be surprised to find out about? I'm a nice guy. I have a good heart. People may not realize that because of the way I train, but that's the truth. All right. All right. Wow. Rest in peace, Mike Quinn. Well, as we know, he did have more problems with drugs in the future. And that Olympia the following year, like I said, that was his probably his best ever shape. He went down all the way down to 204, which is amazing. When he was 213, when he won his pro card at the MPC USA. And then Mike did come back after he was in the WBF in 1991 and 92. He came back to the IFBB in 93. They let some of the IFPB or the, some of the WBF competitors come back into bodybuilding. They were going to ban him for life at first, but then they did let him come back. And I don't think he did that well in 1993. But in 1994, he did the Night of the Champions and his biggest ever shape. And he made top five, which was really an accomplishment because they used to get 40 competitors back in the Night of the Champions back then. So Mike Francois won that contest. I think Nasser El was second. John Sherman was third, Al Q. Gurley was fourth, and Mike was fifth. But he was huge. He was like 240. And if you listen to the interviews that I did with Mike on my podcast, he was talking about all the drugs he did, including growth hormone. That was when growth hormone was around in the 1990s, which it was not around in the 1980s. And so he was much, much bigger than he was back in the 80s. And Boyer Coe told me the same thing. When Boyer made a comeback in the early 90s as well, when he went to the Masters Olympia, He was also like 20 pounds bigger than he'd ever been before when he was in the Mr. Olympia placing in the top three. And he told me the reason why was because of growth hormone. So that growth hormone put on like 20 pounds on these guys. So it was amazing. Anyways, rest in peace, Mike Quinn. You were a truly exciting competitor. I loved watching you when you were competing and you meant a lot to my inspiration. That's for sure. So we'll miss you. And I hope you're resting in peace. I know he's gone through some really hard times the last 10 years. So I hope he's at peace now. All right, guys, that's it for the show. We will be back hopefully next week with a tribute to Mike Quinn. Until then, stay safe, keep training hard, and we'll see you guys next week. Take care.